Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to From the Spot, the only podcast that has not been allegedly caught trying to give give, give gifts to reps. And if you don't know, then we'll touch on that a little bit later. But most importantly, I'm David. And I'm Eddie. And we are bringing you From the Spot, episode 35. Eddie, how are you feeling today? Uh, a, a little bit like shit, David. I thought I had COVID. Um, tested negative twice, so COVID can continue to suck my dick. It's been two years. You haven't got me yet, you bastard. Um, other than that, I'm good, David. How's your arm? Uh, arms healing up. Uh, it, you know, you know me personally, and you follow me on my personal social media. As you've probably seen the X-ray. Um. Uh, so it's going. We'll probably post that along with the episode information to our socials just for shit and giggles. Maybe you guys will get a kick out of it. Uh, but yeah, Eddie, how about we just jump into the football? I mean, we've been feeling a little bit under, but it's about time we go a little bit over. How does that sound to you? That sounds great. Let's fucking do it. All right, bro. And, and I kind of mentioned to you in the pre-production that I had a little bit of a game for you. And I really think you're going to enjoy this. So we've mentioned it before on the show, um, usually pretty quick and then passing, but we're definitely a fan or fans of the podcast of Crime and Sports. And if you haven't listened, definitely give it a shot. But every once in a while, uh, they're forced to create background stories on uh, some of their subjects. And some of them are pretty fucking awesome, especially if you buy into... Uh, a lot of the details that they're putting out. So I thought maybe I can trick Eddie into buying a fake uh, childhood fun fact. So I compiled four different fun facts. Uh, some of them are fake. Some of them are real. I'm not going to say how many um, of each because that would just give Eddie a hint. But they're simple fun facts. Um and we'll see if Eddie can figure out whether I'm making it up or whether it's legit. Uh, do you think you can do this, Eddie? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's jump to it here, Eddie. So um, let's start with just because um, I know we're going to have a little bit of fun ripping them apart later on today. So let's start with Gabriel Jesus of Manchester City. Uh, do you know a lot about Gabriel Jesus, Eddie? Uh, I know that he, um, I'm probably wrong, but I want to say he came out from either Santos or from Cruzeiro, and that's all I know, right? It was Palmeiras, actually. God damn it, fucking Sao Paulo and all the fucking team. Yeah, we are not off to a good start, but it's okay, because we're, we're worried about childhood fun facts, not club fun facts. So here, here it is, Eddie. And you can tell me, like, Dave, you're making this shit up. Or you're like, no, you know what? That That's fact. So, Mr. Gabriel Jesus is the youngest of four kids raised by a single mom. This is due to his dad dying in a motorcycle accident shortly after abandoning his mom while pregnant with Gabriel Jesus. He uh, (laughs) abandoned them for a different woman. (laughs) Okay, uh, next fact. 
But uh, you got to tell me, bro. Do you think that's true? Or you think that's fake? I I think I think that's fake. And here's why. I think I I saw a YouTube video on him where it said that he was the oldest of his siblings. So no, bro. That's facts. Oh he... goddamn! So so he's basically <laughs> his dad. His dad is basically like both my grandpas. Yeah, basically. Um. Unless they like die shortly after, because karma's like, no, 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 motherfucker, here we go. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, um, no, 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 no. Um, my r- real quick uh, family side story. My dad's dad, um, he lived like a couple blocks down the street from them, and he would like walk by their house all the time. At least my mom's dad had the decency to like leave town. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think that's if if you're gonna do that, you should definitely leave town. Uh, that's up, definitely on you, not not on your partner or the kids. But um, do you think you're ready for the next one? You're ready, shoot, dude. I th- I feel like it only gets harder. Um, so this is one of my all-time favorite players. Uh, one of the best personalities in football. Even though I'm a little biased, but ton of people tend to love him, Mister. Patrice Evra. So, Patrice Evra, um, I guess if you're of a certain age or too young, was a fullback for both Manchester United and France. Definitely a legend. Uh, you know, super fun guy on social media. But uh, here's the fun fact, Eddie. See, well, for you to determine whether or not it's packed. So, as a kid... Patrice Evra was forced to sell drugs and beg, and beg for money outside of shops. His older brother used to work at McDonald's. And you know, back in those times, McDonald's would give their employees lunch. Like they wouldn't have to pay for the lunch. But instead of having the lunch, he would give it to you know, young Pat so that he can have something to eat. And then they would dumpster dive together at the end of you know, his older brother's shift at McDonald's for dinner. Is this fact or is this something I totally pulled out of my ass? Uh, you know what? I could, even though I'm the youngest of my siblings, I could see an older brother giving his younger brother his lunch. And hey, you know, poverty is is poverty wherever. And uh, if you have to dumpster dive for food, yeah, it's the the only reason I want to say is fake is I think Patrice Evra has too big of a personality to sell drugs discreetly. So I'm gonna say fake. Bro, you're 0 for 2, that's a fun God fact. damn it. He talks about it in his interview opening up about his childhood last month. Um, and even a year ago, I believe he touches a bit on it. But maybe, you know what, Eddie? I know what you need. I know exactly what you need to break your duck. Uh, let me throw a South American player. Okay. Do you think maybe that'll give you a break? Hopefully, hopefully. Let's talk. I'm. I know you're. You're just as big a fan as I am. I will defend this man's career till the day I die. Edinson Cavani. Yes, absolutely. Uh, all right. So this is going to be a good one. Um, I'm hoping you know you you can get a hit here, Eddie. You're all for two. So, Eddie Cavani. He is the youngest of three siblings. Uh, him and his older brother, they were forced, well, not forced, but you know, they would go out and hunt to relieve the pressure on his dad to supply for the family. 
And that's where the Matador celebrations came from. Is this true or is this false? Fact. Fact. That has to be fact. Oh, Eddie, I totally fucking got you. That's that's one I made up. I fucking I hate totally you. made that up. So, um, <laughs> so in actuality, so Eddie Cavani is the youngest of three siblings. He does have an older brother, but uh, he did have grow up in a poor household in a sense, but um, never forced out to go out hunting. And that's not where that celebration even comes from. Um, his older brother and his dad were actually uh, footballers and helped him by giving him tips and advice going through the ranks. And he gives them a lot of credit for his success today. That was good. Look, <laughs> if, if anyone ever has anything to say about Eddie Cavani, come see me and David. We will whoop your ass. Absolutely. I will fight you with a broken arm if you have something negative to say about Cavani. Yes, but um, you're 0 for 3 here, Eddie. You can't break even, but you want to you want to give it a shot with the fourth one? See if you can get yeah, this one right? Uh, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm either going to I'm either gonna get it or I'm going to go 0 for, 0 for 4 and I'd rather go big than go home. So hit me with it. All right. So this player, I actually put this one in thinking at wor the worst case scenario, Eddie would be like one and two, so he can even it out. So let's hope that this is one. That, this is really the slow pitch that I think it is. Hopefully. Barcelona and Spain legend. Uh, another player that you, you're just kind of forced to be a fan of. I don't, I don't care who you support. Even if you're a Real Madrid player, you have to have some kind of respect for this man. Uh, Carlos Puyo. Uh -huh. Do you think you know enough yeah. about Carlos? Uh, I, I I fucking better use my captain for years. All right, so here's here's the fact here, or uh, maybe it's not. Here we go. So Puyol uh, began his career playing as a goalkeeper, uh, playing with his childhood club, and he was actually doing well even as a goalkeeper. But his parents kind of were trying to convince him to study instead of being a footballer, kind of. Not because, wow. you know, they think wow. it's better. They just they didn't think he would cut it out. Um, I mean, even when he went to La Masia, he was a, a center forward striker uh, in a sense. But his, again, his parents convinced him to play further back, which that was probably a favor. But later on, Puyo admitted that a lot of those advice was just his parents' skepticism and his ability to become a footballer. Is this true, or did I just make up unsupportive parents? Okay, and um, here's how I'm going to justify my logic. So, uh, David, do you know Pau Gasol, the basketball player? Yes, I do. So he's Spanish, also from Barcelona. And his parents didn't think that he would become a professional basketballer either. So he was actually on his way to med school, but um, he said, mom, dad, uh, ball is life, and I'm going to go play in the NBA. And I want to say that, uh, you know, him and Puyol are in the same age group playing for the same club. So I want to say, yeah, that, that's fact. And Eddie, let me just, with a lot of joy on my heart, tell you that, yes, it is fact. Yeah, <laughs> it happened. So yeah, he's got one out of four. Eddie, I'm 
I'm really hoping you had as much fun breaking your brain as much uh, fun as I had thinking this <laughs> up because uh, as I recover, I have a lot of time in my hands. So <laughs> <laughs> I figured um, let's let's start off with something a little bit fun. Uh, David, real quick, but before we before we move on, let's take a what would be a post production note and just do it on air. David, let's fucking do that again. Let's, Hell, let's, make, yeah. let's make that a thing. Uh, definitely. Um, I got to say, it's definitely fun. Um, especially being able to make up an origin story that kind of makes sense. Because that's, that's how I knew I would get you, by mentioning yeah. the celebration. I feel like if I didn't mention the celebration, you probably would have said it's not real. Um, you, you know what, David? The, the one, uh, in hindsight, I should have gotten is maybe the... The, the Gabriel Jesus because of like my own family's history, you know, for both, <laughs> both, both my parents, that's essentially what happened. Like their, their dads were like, Oh, uh, gotta go. Uh, bye. Like that's a, that's a common thing in, in Latin America, sadly. So I, I should have got that one. That's, sure. that's definitely fair. I, I, I mean, I didn't want to twist the knife here, but yeah, it's probably what you should have got based on that, you know, in hindsight. Yeah, but hey, hey look, uh, to wherever my grandfathers are uh, in the afterlife, uh, disrespectfully, suck a dick. Uh, moving on. Hey, we can move on because everything in this podcast is hindsight, Eddie, so we're never wrong. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> speaking of, let's talk about the Champions League arguably our favorite tournament here and probably world sports. Uh, let's start in Spain. Yes. Let's start uh, with a pretty bad evening for Mr. Unai Emery and his boys. They actually led Liverpool 2-0, tying up the tie in the first half. But Liverpool was just Liverpool in the second half and just completely... Blew them out of the water, scoring three goals, making it a 5-2 win on aggregate to make the final in Paris. Eddie, we were kind of messaging each other throughout this game, and we were super excited that first half. Uh, where did it all go wrong here? Uh, you know what, David? Um, I I don't want to say that it was a, a, a bad evening for Una Emery and his boys, because look, um, after the first leg in, in Liverpool, um, it should have been over. The fact that they came out and right away said, fuck the shit, boys. We're, uh, we're going to go for it. No one expects us to do anything. Um, it, it, was a, it was a good evening up until halftime. So, look, um, we're going to talk a, a lot here on this episode about team mentality and team, you know, psychology, the makeup of teams. And I want to give you loud props because um, most of us outside of that stadium thought that it was going to be a boring game and nothing was going to happen. And they said, fuck that. We're going to get two goals and we're going to go for it. Um, so, David, before I go off, I want to get your thoughts on the game. 
Well, I think uh, the game itself was great. Let, let's be honest. Uh, they they were going back and forth. Uh, Salah in particular was really struggling in the first half. Uh, Diogo Jota was a non-factor. Uh, Luis Diaz definitely made a difference. We we need to openly admit that. But I think there's two major key moments here, Eddie, that I really want to highlight. Uh, yeah, as much as I can, <laughs> painting this verbal image. But the first one is the non-penalty call uh, against Alisson, where we both kind of agreed uh, during the game was going on that it should have been a penalty. Um, I think that's a game changer there, Eddie. I don't think Liverpool would have been able to stave them off with like a penalty against them and the onslaught of Villarreal. Uh, the second one has to be Fabinho's and again I'm gonna reiterate this I don't care I don't you're not gonna convince me otherwise Fabinho's goal was a pretty soft goal keeper should have done a lot better um if that goal does not go in still a whole different game it's an uphill battle at that point for Liverpool because um there's no way there's no way I could have um seen that seen that coming any other way yeah um David, I, I have to agree, um, as everyone who listens to uh, this pod regularly uh, can attest, uh, I have a soft spot for Liverpool, but I texted David right away um, because I just happened to be on my second 15-minute break when the penalty issue like came about, and I texted you right away. I was like, that's a pin, you know, like... Losenzo was through. Um, yeah, Allison gets the ball, but uh, he gets enough of Losenzo where if I were the ref, I would have pointed to the spot. I I don't understand how the ref doesn't or how how VAR doesn't at least say, hey, come take a look, because I definitely would have um uh, David, I, I completely agree with you um, on the first goal. Uh, Rudy has to do better there. I mean, if, if it was maybe from, like, you know, the six-yard box, I'd be like, look, he was close. Um, it's too fast. But from where uh, Fabinho took that shot, you, you shouldn't be letting the ball go in through your legs. Um, and then for the for the second goal, I'll forgive him because it's at close range. Luis Diaz, you know, kind of hits it downward, so that's that's really really tough at like point blank range. But David, for the third goal, what the fuck is he doing, bro? I think at that point it was just more desperation. I don't even think he knew what he was doing. Um, definitely not a good ending to the story, but I mean, there has to be a way, uh, the, the ending has to be written out. Unfortunately, um, it wasn't the way we were hoping for. And like we mentioned before, Liverpool are going to the final, uh, <coughs> excuse me, but, uh, how about we go to a more positive note, uh, where our King Benzema has now knocked out another oil club in Manchester City. Um, 
all hail Kareem Benzema. Uh, David, uh, real quick, uh, this means that regardless of what happens this winter at the World Cup, Kareem Benzema for Ballon d'Or, right? Uh, it, yeah, uh, there, there's no other player. Who, who would you put as a Ballon d'Or winner at this point? Who's even competing with him at this point on an individual level? There's no comparison. He's the one. Um, if he doesn't win the Ballon d'Or, it's going to be robbery, like um, when they refuse to hold the ceremony for Lewandowski's year. Uh, I still think that's robbery, and I will die on that grave. But, Eddie, is there anybody you can think of who deserves deserves it more? Terry and Ree mentioned that the other person in uh, in contention would be Mane for his form at the moment, but I just I simply can't agree with that. It it has to be Kareem, and uh, he deserves it. He's playing so well. David, name another number nine worldwide that you would want to play ninety minutes for you right now. You, I mean. Nobody. He's definitely the man right now. Um, yeah, I know in an earlier episode I said he he's just the flavor of the month, but I I'm convinced that I was wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, Kareem was is definitely a lot higher quality player than we thought. Even as a Kareem fan, it's not that I, even that I wasn't a fan. I just didn't um, believe he was Balondo or material. But he, he made me take it back. I'm telling you, man, he, he's he's the man. Um, but why can't City why can't City win anything in the Champions League? At least major games like this. They kind of have like that PSG going on the mental block. Um and not even Pep can get this out of them. Uh do you think it's recruitment? Do you think maybe a sports psychologist is super underrated in this situation. What are you thinking, Eddie? Uh, David, uh, the, there are certain teams, and not just in football, but in in all sports, um, like my clubs, uh, Boca Juniors, La Mitad Más Uno, uh, Barcelona, Mexican Club, uh, your team, Manchester United, Glory Glory Man United. Old Trafford is the theater of dreams. Sometimes the story isn't BS. Sometimes the the ethos, the myth that our clubs creates um, is real. You know, uh, when you play for them, when you watch them, when you're a fan of them, you really do believe that stuff. <laughs> and to, for a club like... Manchester City or the LA Clippers or the San Diego Padres, teams that want to be good, teams that genuinely try, but no matter what they do, they simply can't win. That's the category that I personally believe that Manchester City's in good, but can't be great, can't get over the hump. Well, do you let me agree, ask you, David? No, I mean, I, I do think that you have to build 
your history. You can't just buy it uh, like City are trying to do it along with PSG. But Eddie, let, let me ask you something. There, there's a lot of hype around Jack Grealish, uh, both in the international stage and national stage. Um, he was brought in by Manchester City, you know, deployed in the game as hopefully somebody that can flip it. Brought in from Aston Villa. I mean, I, I hate to say it because I, I, I am a fan of Jack even uh, prior to a City move. But he's kind of playing like a Villa player at City. Like he, he kind of seems out of his depth being in the Champions League. I don't know if maybe because it's his first season there, he's being acclimated to that different level. But then we look across to Camavinga, who's not even 20 yet, and he's bossing the midfield, having only played for Rennes before. Uh, I believe it was Rennes. But, um, you know, what, what What do you think is going on there in that sense? See, um, David, let, let, let's be fair to Jack real quick. That was the goal. If, if, if Fernand Mendy isn't there, it, you know... It, Madrid's comeback doesn't doesn't count, you know, because essentially he scored, but at, at, at the last second, Fernand Mendy got to that ball. Thibaut Courtois got studs. He didn't get toes. He didn't get foot. He got studs to the ball. So at least in, in yesterday's semifinal, I feel like we have to be fair to Jack and say, Hey, like on any other night, uh, those are goals. But for for Jack, uh, David, um, I feel like he's a player that consistently needs playing time, and he's just not getting it there. Uh, you have to remember when he was at Villa, he basically was Villa. Anything that club did well, he was involved, and the fact that. You get like a 20 minute appearance every three weeks. Uh, that's not helping, you know? That's definitely fair. Hey, David. Um, yeah. So, look, I know you're um, a Manchester United fan, and the following exercise is going to be difficult, but I, I want you to remove any bias if possible, um, I want to make you uh, shake Mansoor. Uh, do you fire Pep? Is this a fireable offense? I don't know. I don't. I don't think you can because I don't think there's anybody else that you can bring in that's gonna elevate City another level. <laughs> um, I kind of want to go back to the whole recruitment thing. Um, they spent all that money on Jack Grealish, who. Theoretically, you're seeing the best of Jack. He's in his prime right now. Um, and like I said, you, you look at the other side, and I know uh, Florentino Perez gets a lot of criticism that he rightfully deserves. But when it comes to building his Madrid teams, I don't know how he does it with, you know, like I said, Camavinga. He's a prime example. Costs so much less and has made a much bigger impact in an already world-class midfield. Um, and that I, I think that could be the difference for City the same way it's been the difference for most other teams. Um, I mean, look, look at what has won Liverpool the tie against Liverpool, or I'm sorry, Liverpool the tie against Villarreal, 
it was Luis Diaz who's been a recent purchase. You know, it's it little little tweaks in your squad like that can uh, win you trophies, and it's as, as simple as that. So, uh, David, real quick, one more question. In in your opinion, like uh, ever since Pep has been there, I can't remember uh, a situation where like a uh, a player that Pep has probably really wanted and been linked to City um, that hasn't ended up there. You know, all Pep usually has to do is say, "Hey, shake mentor." I need this player, and magically he ends up at, you know, uh, the blue side of Manchester. Um, is that what needs to change? Does, does someone else need, need to take over player personnel? What's the – what do you think it is, David? I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, I think, too, something you touched upon um, – with Jack Grealish is that he needs to play more consistently to play at a higher level. And that's not something you'll get at Manchester city. Uh, they're definitely a rotation based team and that can be it, Eddie. Maybe they're depending on these players such as Jack and don't realize, okay, you can't just give them one game every other week. Like he needs to play every game. If, if we're going to see him at, at his best. Well, like, Real quick, let's let's take a look at a guy like Gabriel Jesus, a guy who has vastly, um, up until these past couple weeks, uh, I think even City fans would tell you he's underperformed for what they paid for. But ever since these rumors of, hey, Arsenal may be interested in Gabriel Jesus, like he went off in like six goals in like two, three weeks which is great form, but like, okay. So uh, a transfer rumor helped Gabriel Jesus, but maybe like, let's let's take a look at a player, maybe like Raheem Sterling, who doesn't always give you what he has in his locker, let's say. Um, do you move on Sterling? Um, Gundawan, De Bruyne, like, do you make a like a, a rejuvenation at Manchester City a thing, or do you give this core like one more go? I mean, I think that's a, a question for Pep, but I, I at the same time, a lot of this falls on Pep's shoulders. I am because I do want to know at least with Gabriel Jesus specifically, in the beginning of the season. Pep was playing him as a winger. He wanted him to play as far wide as possible and get balls into, into the center with rare runs into the middle. Now that he moved them back to his preferred center forward position, he's you know back to his best. So maybe it, it could be a, a Pep tweaking thing, but I, I got to reiterate, I don't think there's a, a manager out there that can do the job. Fair. Um, I uh, I would maybe okay. I, I have respect for Pep because Pep took Barca to uh, the highest of highs, um, regardless of who he had on the squad. Messi, Xavi, Iniesta. Like, yeah, that's that's a great squad, but still, like, it, it, it takes a a manager to get you there. So, 
I don't want to make it seem like I forgot and be disrespectful to Pep. But maybe if you keep this core, maybe in my opinion, you need a new voice. And you maybe talk to Allegri and say, hey, uh, Allegri, like we have uh, the second biggest checkbook in, in world football. Do, do you want to come give Manchester City, City a try, you know? And I don't want to make it seem like it's a very knee-jerk reaction just because of what happened yesterday. But Pe- Pepe's had his time at City, and the one trophy they want him to deliver, he just seems like he can't. So maybe... um. Since you can't get rid of all the players, maybe you bring in Allegri. Uh, there's rumors that Conte wants to leave Tottenham, which I feel would be a mistake for both sides. But I don't know. Maybe, just maybe, I'm putting it out there. Oh, maybe um, we'll start a poll, see what our fans think, see if maybe Pep is the issue. Oh, Mister Mister Tinker might need a new place to. Um, Tinker away. But let's talk real quick here, Eddie, before we move on from the Champions League altogether. Liverpool versus Real Madrid. Um, you know, in the Stade de France, no real advantage in terms of locations. Who wins it? Uh, look, uh, and thank you for asking this question because I was thinking about it at work. We have two very exciting teams here that tend to score which makes me think it's going to be one of those finals where both teams are so scared to lose because they simply can't lose due to the squads on paper that they have that we may see a nil-nil go to penalties or a 1-1 go to penalties. And at that point, I think that Alisson is just a bit better than Coutois, because Coutois, especially in the Champions League, knockouts to stages hasn't seemed to have kept a clean sheet, I don't think. So I would back Liverpool on penalties, four to two. Well, I'm going to throw my prediction out there, and I am going to solidify Benzema's bid for the Ballon d'Or with a 2-1 win to Real Madrid with a brace from Benzema. Um, I can see him scoring early on in the game, but Liverpool jumping back in for him to win it at the last minute. Uh, he's At this point, he's the new Mr. Champions League. Uh, I, do, I do agree it might be a little bit more closed off given the advantage to Real Madrid because they're used to uh, moving the ball around and getting that goal when it matters most versus Liverpool's used to that, you know, Gang game press, the heavy metal football, they have to get the ball sprayed all over the place in order for them to be satisfied. And in the final, they can be exposed. And if any team is going to expose them, it's Real Madrid. I've said it before the last tie was over that if Real Madrid beat Manchester City, it is Real Madrid's final to lose. And I'm going to die on that. Fair. Hey, David, um, before we move on, in your opinion, did the two best teams in the world make this final? Uh, I mean, I, the two best teams, yeah, and in, in the way for Champions League this year, definitely made the final. 
Um, they're both competing. Well, I guess Real Madrid are confirmed champions, but Liverpool's competing for the uh, champions, the the Premier League to be champions of the Premier League. Uh, they're only a point off. They're showing that they're, they're that they're here to compete for the season, and they're up there. Um, as much as I would have loved to have seen Villarreal make it, there's just something weird about a seventh place team potentially winning the Champions League. Um, in this Champions League, I don't feel robbed in terms of do these are these really the teams that deserve to be here, or are they just a lucky team? Fair. Um, hey, David. Uh, real quick. Um, and it's a it's it's a hard debate to have but like you said there real madrid have already won their league um if they win is it oh they had um enough time to rest and rotate their players or is it you know liverpool were still competing for the league and the fa cup um so, you know, they came in a bit tired because they were still involved in two other competitions. No, um, I think if anything, it gives Real Madrid uh, less of an advantage. Uh, you want your players to be mentally sharp as much as they are physically sharp. Uh, if you're playing less important games, some players might find it hard to concentrate on those games, whereas Liverpool are forced to be sharp all the way through. So that could be a, a, an advantage to them. You don't want to rest your key players too much because like, what if you rest Benzema too much and suddenly he can't hit the broad side of a barn? You know, that's definitely the last thing we want. So no, I don't think it's going to be uh, the advantage that people will try for it to talk up to be. Um, but actually, that, speaking of, you know, something to talk up, Eddie, I'm going to give you this task because honestly, I can't see this to be anywhere close and only exciting for one side of fans before I give you whose fans I feel are going to be celebrating. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Europa League final this year with Eintracht Frankfurt taking on Rangers? You know, Frankfurt were the team that knocked out Barcelona and uh, as much as I want to say, fuck them. No, they play really, really well. Um, they deserve to be in this final. I will back them to get through to to the Champions League by winning the Europa League. Um, plus, even though I'm not very religious, the Catholic in me just won't let me root for Rangers. So, fuck it. Come <laughs> on, Frankfurt. You, you guys, you guys fucking kicked our ass fucking finish the job you know yeah and i want to touch back to what i said about the champions league final where um there i didn't feel robbed here i kind of feel like rangers wasn't exactly the best team to make it through as far as they did um i mean they got they did well to get past leipzig but let's be honest leipzig should have taken advantage of that tie and made it to a final uh, I'll give them Braga just because I'm not too versed in them. But even Cervantes, uh, I'll still give them that just because they're a smaller team and you would expect Rangers to do something. But to beat a team like Dortmund, to get to those smaller teams, that was, that's just insane. And as much as people want to say, well, that's an argument on why they're in the final, 
it just again it just feels lucky uh it doesn't feel quite right to me uh frankfurt definitely did some some giant killings we talked a little bit about your beloved barcelona uh they did really well to knock out west ham who were really mm-hmm. putting all their eggs in this competition and west ham was definitely overperforming but that was a, a banana slip uh, definitely a, an opportunity for frankfurt to shoot themselves in the foot yeah no and see uh, david let's let's touch on it real quick okay to be fair both you and I probably haven't watched the the West Ham versus the Frankfurt highlights. But this weekend, this previous weekend, knowing that um, they had to win this game because they, they were down to the one, did West Ham make a mistake by playing their A squad in the Prem? And would you have done the same thing? I don't think West Ham had a choice. Um, they they have to get points on the board in the league. They want to stay competitive in the league. And so be it. Because, I mean, yes, the Europa League competition is a way to the Champions League. But if you don't win it and you're not in a European place in the league, then you kind of fucked yourself for a season. Um, so I don't blame them. I don't blame David Moyes and, and, and his thinking. But could it have kicked in some fatigue tra- having to travel to Germany absolutely there's there's no going around it but that's when you expect your players to kick it up the next notch um, I'm pretty sure Klopp's uh, players are just as tired but they're again in the final as, uh, and competing for the league so as much as I want to give them that bone I just can't for the fact that we have these better performing teams um, doing what they're doing at a higher caliber. Uh, very, very true. Uh, good point. David, th- there is also a new European competition that, to be fair, to be fair, I've talked shit about the whole time that no one's going to watch it, no one cares because it's brand new. But um, two very actually big teams made the final. Um, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Europa Conference League. Um, the finalists have been announced, David. It is uh, AS Roma, which is like, I'll, I'll say like the fifth biggest team in Italy versus Feyenoord, uh, the third biggest team in the Netherlands. But David, um, I'm, I know we bashed it because it's a money grab tournament by UEFA, but do these two teams being in the final, uh, do you think you would watch it? I am going to be honest with you, Eddie, and I plan on watching um, the final, uh, the, the, the conference league final between Roma and Feyenoord. Um, looking back at the semifinals, uh, looking at those legs, there's actually pretty decent history here, maybe in at least 75% of it. And I'll even make a case for Leicester here. But yeah. Marseille Feyenoord, they historically in their domestic league, they're big clubs. They duked it out uh, to what was a great result for Feyenoord winning 3-2 at home. You know, the second leg 
Marseille couldn't really do much to try to overturn it. But we're, this, when we were kids, uh, Eddie, I'm hoping you can confirm this. When we were kids, this was a Champions League tie. There, oh, there's history there. Oh, uh, uh, absolutely. Like, like every every two two to three years, you would see that Feyenoord was the Dutch representative in the Champions League, and you know before PSG took over, France basically came down to Lyon and Marseille. Mm-hmm. And if Lyon were in the Champions League, then it was definitely Marseille. So yeah, I want to say when we were. 12 and 13, this was definitely a Champions League tie for sure. Yeah. And to uh, ra- wrap it up, the Roma Leicester, Roma, we know is a historical team. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, they fell onto some hard times recently, but I mean, a lot of teams are. It's just the way the way it's just the way football works. A historical club with a historical manager and Jose Mourinho um beating the the new kind of newer big club in Leicester City I mean they're a historical club that they've been a English side for a very long time but not much history in Europe but um the 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 only thing that bothers me about kind of giving Leicester praise and being part of this uh group group of ties that really gave uh backing to the Europa Conference League is the fact that uh, Brendan Rodgers kind of played down the tournament and talked down about it up until he was in the semis, which is kind of annoying. At least Jose Mourinho pretended that he wanted to be there. And Jose Mourinho is definitely a bigger manager than Brendan Rodgers, I will say, ever be. But uh, definitely glad Roma knocked him out and will face Ferenard in the final. Uh, Would you say I'm wrong in, in saying that out loud, Eddie? David, we we all know what my history uh, on this podcast is with Brendan Rodgers and saying that he's not a big-time manager for big-time situations. And I'm glad that the great Jose um, Mourinho vindicated my opinion by knocking them out. Um, look, it's nothing personal against Brendan Rodgers. I'm sure he's a great person, Liverpool legend, but... When a team needs a result, he is not the manager to go get it for you. I said it once, I'll say it again until the day I die. Yeah, uh, and I'm not going to argue that. I think we both stand on the same place when it comes to that. Um, so, yeah, best of luck to these two teams. Uh, do you think that the special one will win this final, Eddie? The special one will make this a special tournament because he will win it, especially for himself. <laughs> Definitely. He'll probably move on to a bigger club uh, at the end of the season, I feel. But, hey, we'll see. Um, Eddie, are you ready for our intro to come full circle? Have you mentally prepared yourself throughout our uh, conversation today? Uh, prepare for me to become a silver-haired, middle-aged um, white man as a uh, our favorite uh, podcast co-host, I would say, all crime and sports. Yeah, man, that's two shout outs, man. We need to start billing them for airtime. But uh, do, do you want to take worst, the lead David. on this one, man? Or do you want me to go ahead and uh, no, you're, introduce uh, this? Hey, um, I'm Amber Heard. You're Johnny Depp's lawyer. 
Oh, uh, man. Go. All right. I, I love this. Okay. So right. here's what we have officially with reports coming out of South America. Um, let, let's stop, start off by saying that Boca Juniors played Always Ready, who we've already kind of played on uh, in a previous episode in the Copa Libertadores. A big game. Both teams needed te- uh, some points on the board. And awesome. so the uh, you know host, Always Ready, felt there was maybe preferential treatment to Boca Juniors. Uh, Boca Juniors winning on a penalty that was hotly contested, especially by the media in Bolivia. Um, and I, I, I'm not saying that. I'm just quoting what the media is saying. But uh, Bolivian journalist Jane, uh, Jaime Vega and Ernesto Moreno uh, posted on their social media accounts videos of um, officials going into the referee's room and there being gifts from Boca Juniors given to the refs prior to the game kicking off. Uh, yeah, super shady considering the way the game ended. Eddie, did your team do anything wrong here? Um, okay, look, I'm, I'm going to be fair here. The fan in me wants to say uh, I can't comment on an ongoing investigation, but that's not the point of being a fucking podcast co-host. Uh, David, uh, yeah, it, it looks like we got caught. Um with our hand in the cookie jar. Um, and look, to be fair to the boys, uh, to the, these reporters, before I valiantly defend my own team, Boca has been really, really bad like the past month and a half. Like horrible form. Can't win at home in the league. I think we have like one road win. So we've been dropping points all over the place. So. It, it does look really, really, really bad. But on that being said, I'm going to put on my Bostero hat and say, um, I don't know these reporters. I don't know these men. I don't want to impugn their reputation. But how do I know that's a real video? How do I know that they're not on the always ready payroll? Hey, that team's name is always ready. What if they're always ready to start up some bullshit because they don't think they could be Boca Juniors? Now, look, and the reason why this offends me besides the fact of being a a fan, um, a lot of club legends right now, Riquelme, El El Negrivara, um, uh, a lot of guys that I grew up watching, loving, respecting, are <laughs> involved at the highest levels of my beloved Boca Juniors, and I just don't want to admit that they possibly cheated, and so I won't until I'm given hard fucking proof that this video is legit. I see shit. Eddie, um. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull back the curtain a little bit on all this. So even in our pre-production, I told you, like, Eddie, I am going to rip into you. You better come up with something good. Uh, and not, even, like, listening to your explanation, it definitely feels like 
grasping at straws like definitely like a panic sit-in but um oh, eddie yeah, no would you absolutely. would you like me to give you a super rational explanation that will probably not be accepted because it's not as fun to think about but it's most likely the answer to all this go ahead this happens all the fucking time the only difference is that it happens post-match for whatever reason the gifts maybe it was a overexcited aid the gifts made it pre-match instead of the usual post-match and it became a big deal because of a controversial call yeah but i have a feeling that boca juniors had this gift gift bags to give to the um referee staff regardless of result maybe it would have been more appropriate to do post-match i'm pretty sure this happens all the time in football you know it's i I wouldn't be surprised really like i know there's been controversies in the past when like referees get match-worn jerseys but the controversy is that they sell them for charity and for some reason they want to stir something up but again I, i i kind of feel like they're trying to find smoke where there's no real fire and i just wanted to hear you scramble for a while (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, no, dude, dude, look, like, all those guys, El, El, El Jovi Bermudez, Riquelme, all these guys, I love them, they're super involved with the club right now, so it's not just for the current squad, like, my fear right now is that this impugns legacies that I care very much about, so I... I hope that the explanation that you gave me is true. And and to be honest, that's kind of the first or second thing that, that I thought of. But as the Boca Juniors fan, I couldn't be the one to say it, you know? That's definitely fair. And uh, Eddie, let, let's move on from that. Let's, let's talk a little bit more positive. Let's talk a little bit more positive in terms of you and and our listeners out there that are currently going through their work schedule let's talk about the weekend do you have a game that you recommend man uh yeah hold on you you know what though david i will let you um give the the prem matchup of the weekend i will uh i will go ahead and give a Serie a match because La Liga is pretty much decided, so you know, let's you know watch something where there's still something at stake. So, David, if you're one of our listeners and you are looking for a Serie A match to watch this weekend, um, I would say that the match to watch is. Inter versus Empoli, and simply because Inter uh, need to keep pace with AC Milan. Inter have 75 points, Milan lead with 77 points, and um, even though Empoli is in 14th, and they should be safe at a relegation, it could be one of those banana peel games where Inter take stuff for granted and drop points when they really can't afford to. So they play tomorrow, actually, 
at uh, 9.45 a.m. West Coast time. So if you're free tomorrow morning and have Paramount Plus, uh, tune in to Inter versus Empoli um, to see what happens. Yeah, for sure. That definitely sounds like a great game. And before I give my game real quick, we'll do our uh, end of the league reviews here soon. Most leagues are already wrapping up. But probably in the next couple of episodes, along with um, storylines for the following season. Um, and, and David, it, we, we've been teasing it basically since the beginning of our podcast. Our Qatar series? The, the Qatar series has to be coming up just because uh, we need something to talk about at the end of May. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And that, like, in, in pre-production, we'll, we'll get those going pretty soon here. But my game, as recommended, would be Liverpool versus Tottenham uh, going on Saturday, May 7th. Uh, Tottenham need to keep up the pace to put the pressure on Arsenal, who are taking on Leeds. Um, they're equal um, games played. It's just Tottenham two games behind for a place in the Champions League. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. Liverpool have to win to keep up pace for the league. Tottenham have to win to keep up pace for a Champions League spot. It's a must for each manager. Um, if they're going to convince their respective squads that um, they, their way of leading is the way to trophies, so, yeah, that's going to be the top game, I believe. Um, definitely, definitely. Um, David, real quick, uh, before we go to kind of bring the podcast full circle, uh, Manchester City are out, and all they have left is the Premier League. Will they lose focus versus Newcastle this weekend, or will they, will, will they just say, well, uh, Liverpool could fuck off, we're going to destroy their dreams and just win out? our remaining four games? So I think that's an excellent question that we'll pose to our fans. We'll post that question um, as part of our post to this episode. That way we can maybe get a little discussion going, see what we think. Um, So with that being said here, Eddie, do you have any last words, any last thoughts? Uh, Yes. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We love to do this. Excuse my voice. I'm a little sick. Uh, Boca Juniors did nothing wrong. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Um, David, what about you? My last here is uh, make sure you follow us on social media. Uh, You can follow us on Instagram if that's your uh, preferred poison at uh, Podcast from the Spot. You can follow us on uh, Facebook if that's more of your thing. Just look us up, you know, from the spot. Uh, And we're even on Twitter. You know, if that's more of your cup of tea, you're more of Elon Musk at Pod from the Spot. Don't worry about searching. Just use the Linktree link in our uh, pod description. You'll find all of our social media there and uh, places to listen our podcast to. So more stuff to come from us. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it for me. So thank you everybody from listening, and I appreciate every single one of you. If you don't mind giving us a review and a share. That's really anything we can ask of you. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Enjoy your weekends. And we will catch you next week.